The playoffs start Sunday for some teams in the NFL, including the Chargers at Raiders. We've got Locked On Chargers host David Drogemeyer to break down that game on today's program. We'll also get to some of the early Saturday and Sunday games on the Week 18 schedule. Preview and pick some games with playoff implications. Some feel like preseason games in a COVID-ravaged league. Matt and I will try to make sense of it right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL. Let's get started with the game of the week, a play-in game in the AFC West. And to help us with this one, one of our own from the Lockdown Podcast Network, David Drogemeyer, the host of Lockdown Chargers, to end the 2021 regular season in primetime Sunday night. It is the Chargers at 9-7 and seven, at the Raiders at 9-7. and seven. The winner of this football game is in the playoffs. Uh, David, thanks for joining us to help break down this game and the significance of this one. Uh, this is a great way to end the season with division rivals in the AFC West and win and you're in. I love all of that. Uh, I got to start, though, really quick with there was an internet conspiracy that maybe these teams could potentially purposely end the game in a tie and both get into the playoffs. But unfortunately, Brandon Staley shot that down. He said he's going to play it straight. Too much respect for the shield uh, to, to mess around with that. So uh, they I guess just kneel every play. I, I don't know how <laughs> a purposeful tie would look Would they just call zero blitzes and accidentally <laughs> let the other team score a bunch of times. I don't know how that would look, but uh, that would be probably too difficult to try to do anyway. It's so preposterous to me that 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 was even proposed to the coaches. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I understand as a media member, you got to ask your questions, but that one seems like one you could have kept in the bag. It just, (laughs) they they were never, ever going to entertain anything that would come close to thinking about doing that. That's just not going to happen in today's NFL. Yeah. And also you're you're not going to conspire with one of the teams that you have a hated, hated rivalry with for, you know, 50 plus years in the NFL. That's just, that's not going to happen. It never was going to happen. But, guys, this is what the NFL dreamed dreamed for in, in Week mm-hmm. 18. They get a basically get a playoff game early. And the Chargers and the Raiders, uh, after having a tumultuous start to their season, really a rocky you know rocky road, very much a roller coaster. They both have an opportunity to go out there and get a win and get a ticket to the dance. Yeah, David, you kind of mentioned it. I mean, the playoffs really start Sunday night, and that's going to be a joy to watch. Is someone that doesn't really have any skins in the game. But before we start talking about that game, and I want to break that one down heavily with you for sure, is, you know, are your Chargers ahead of schedule? Big picture, macro, you know, or are you still, you know, are the inconsistencies still maddening? I mean, it's a first-year head coach, a second-year quarterback, and clearly the arrow's going up big picture with this team. Yeah, big picture wise, I think you have to be very excited about the direction of of this team with the head coach with Brandon Staley, who has definitely got that buy in from the players. They really respect him. They really love him. They follow him. They appreciate his aggressiveness and that confidence that they get when he goes forward on fourth down. Um, uh, Again, with a first year offense, if you look at their EPA numbers, they're like top five in pretty much every category. So you really love what you've seen there on defense. They've had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of things they've had to weather. But when they have their starting units out there on the football field, I think there's a lot of encouraging signs. But um, I think considering just, you know, where this is a first year head coach, first year offense, new, completely new defense. 
Um, they are definitely heading in the right direction. They finally invested in the offensive line. That's starting to pay immediate dividends. Um, they still have some holes. They have some depth issues that they need to correct. But going into this offseason, they're going to have a lot of opportunity and a lot of money and draft picks to be able to continue to remake this image in Brandon Staley, uh, you know, the way he wants this team to look. So 70 plus million in cap, excuse me, cap space and 11 draft picks in this upcoming draft. So they got plenty of ammunition to go out there and do what they want. I was a huge fan of the Chargers coming into this season. Uh, I know when teams come, they come fast, really, when, when they, they become one of the, the better teams in the NFL. And I thought that's what the Chargers were after the first, whatever, five weeks or so, four and one. Uh, some hiccups in the middle of the season, lost some games, some really disappointing losses, too. And, like, you know, letting the Texans put 41 points on you and Rex Burkhead running for 149 yards. I know there was no Joey Bosa there, but one of the big things that worries me about this football team and winning in cold weather January and winning playoff games is the run defense. Talk to me about the run defense. Where is it at? Is this the thing that's going to hold back this version of the Chargers? I think it's definitely the 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 part of this team that's going to make or break what it's able to do. And I think it's really a tale of, of two stories when you look at this season as far as the run defense is concerned. Um, before the, the break, you know, before the bye, before the Chargers bye, they were horrible. You know, they were clearly the, the last place defense, uh, run defense in the NFL. And they were getting gashed. Teams were, you know, the passing numbers were great, but that's only because the teams knew that they can run the ball right down the Chargers' throat and they weren't going to be able to do much to stop it. Now, one guy who has really changed that is their defensive tackle, Justin Jones. He makes an absolute tremendous difference, and he's a guy they got back after the bye week. Um, and they also just said, hey, you know, we have to concentrate on stopping the run more because if we don't get those opposing teams in those longer down and distance situations, then it's going to be really difficult for them to get off the football field and, you know, stopping the run and getting off the field in those situations really go hand in hand with the Chargers. After Justin Jones returned, uh, they're a full yard better against the run. Uh, he's wow. that impactful. So um, he's been a revelation for the Chargers defense. And and when they do control the running game, uh, they're a very difficult defense um, to go up against. I want to expand on that just a little. I mean, BP kind of stole my question, to be honest, and I'm glad you brought up Jones. He's been He's not a household name. I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't even know who he is. And he has right. definitely been a difference maker. You mentioned all the offseason resources this team has. And my take on the defense was something you kind of said earlier was when it's healthy and right, it's okay. You know, but yeah. I feel like big picture last offseason was supporting Herbert with the offensive line. This offseason will be get Staley his guys. You know, he's not going to get yeah. Aaron Donald, but give me a defensive tackle that's really a difference maker. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I mean, uh, Rome was not built in a day, guys. Sure. I mean, they couldn't go out there and, and get everybody they wanted. And I think if you look at even this year's draft, Staley's fingerprints all, are all over that. Um, if you look at their uh, their acquisitions, like bringing in Corey Lindsley and bringing in some of those guys on the offensive line, Odea Bushi and, you know, a Kyler Fackrell on the defense, just, you know, guys that come to work, get their job done, who's going to help you, who's really, really, really going to add to your team. Um, but they're far, far from where they need to be. They need edge help. They need more corners uh, on offense. I think they need a right tackle. They need a right guard. There, there's plenty of things that they still need to get done. So um, there's still work to be done. Looking at this Raiders team, I know you've put in a lot of work and uh, scouting the upcoming opponent. And by the way, you can check out the crossover podcast between uh, Locked On Chargers and Locked On Raiders with 
Q Myers, a.k.a. your boy Q. Uh, I'm sure you guys had a nice little heated debate for your second crossover this year. I don't know if there's any agreement on how this game was going to go between you guys. I actually want to go listen to that podcast a little bit later after we're done here. But um, when looking at the Raiders, what do you think is uh, is the difference maker for the Chargers to beat the Raiders? Is there a place where you say, okay, this is where the Chargers have to win and this is where the Chargers should win? And by the way, the Chargers favored by three on the road at Las Vegas in this one. Yeah, I, I think going up against this cover cover three of Gus Bradley that the Chargers know oh so well because, you know, that he was their defensive coordinator for several years. There's going to be those holes, those soft spots in the zone that Herbert uh, is – been phenomenal against this year so there's going to be some opportunities to throw the football um, especially against the linebackers the Raiders linebackers are not good at in, in pass coverage they're giving up over 80 percent completion percentage uh, over the middle Denzel Perriman can't cover a wet paper bag he is a <laughs> phenomenal run stuffer and we I think we all know that but whenever he's isolated on a tight end or running back it doesn't matter anyone who catches a football it's a mismatch in favor of the offense. So you want to try to isolate him, get him in those situations where he has to cover a Keenan Allen in the slot or, or cover a, you know, a Jared cook, a big tight end. Uh, those situations are always going to be plus chargers. That's something that the chargers are going to have to exploit on offense and on defense. You have to stop the run because one thing the Raiders did phenomenally against the Colts is they really put themselves in second and short, third and short was really able to stay on the field. They weren't, they didn't do it consistently throughout the game, but when their offense was operating at its best, it's because they were running the football to set down, set up those short uh, down and distance situations. So the chargers really have to stop the run early so they can really get pressure on Derek Carr. When you get pressure on Derek Carr, he has a different quarterback. He starts to feel pressure. That's not there. He starts to rush, uh, rush his uh, throwing um, and his reads and he's a, just a different player. So if the chargers are able to stop the run, get pressure on Derek Carr late uh, in the downs. That's going to be the recipe for success for the Chargers in this one. Yeah, I see it the same way. I mean, very familiar vanilla by today's NFL standards, Raiders defense that isn't going to confuse the young quarterback for week 18, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Eckler, you know, even Jared Cook seem like they're healthier than most teams. Uh, You should have a lot of success. And really there's no place to shy away uh, you know, that defense in general gives up a lot of receptions to running backs. That's a great recipe. And then the other side of the ball, just like you said, is to me, the pivotal thing is slowing down Josh Jacobs on early downs. And he, to me, he's looked better lately than he has all year. He looks healthy. Yeah, he looks healthy. And that's not always the case with him. Yeah. And Carr has had a really good year, but you're right. Pressure bothers him. So sell out to stop the run early and Bosa's got to be the best player on the field late. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, Joey Bosa has to come in here and and really put on a show and he's going to have an opportunity against this Raiders offensive line, especially Alex Leatherwood, uh, their, their right guard and the their right tackle as well. They're, Alex Leatherwood's given up eight sacks on the year. The right tackle's given up five plus sacks. So that's definitely the weakness. Colton Miller's not great on the other side either, but mm-hmm. he's serviceable. Um, but if you're looking for a weakness, you want to put Joey Bosa on the inside and try to get that interior pressure. Um, no quarterback likes it when they get when you get pressure in their face because they can't step up and operate in the pocket. So that's definitely something you're probably going to see in this game. Also, I would expect them to move Derwin James all over the field. If Darren Waller plays, I'm sure he's going to cover him most of the time. Okay. But Derwin James is at his best, and – the Chargers defense is at its best when Derwin James is impacting all over the field. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe 
even though he's your best player, if you're utilizing him on one guy, then that means you don't have him everywhere else. And I never really thought of that. It's like, okay, you can try to erase Darren Waller, but uh, if he's now you're, you're opening things up all over the field and if he's your best player your rangiest guy and, and your biggest difference maker now it uh, removes him from the rest of the field i never really thought about that ankle that is interesting um before we let you go here david i do want to ask you what's your prediction here what, what did you guys cut what conclusion did you guys come to with q and we are talking about this game um do you think the 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 vegas line has it right do you think the this is the the Chargers game to lose, even though it's on the road here with two nine and seven teams. I think if you look at these two teams, the Chargers are, are clearly more talented than the Raiders. I think honestly, on, at full strength on both sides of the ball, I think the Raiders have had some great contributions from Max Crosby, who's had like a career year. Yannick Ngakwe has started to turn it on a little bit. Denzel Perriman's been great against the run, but. Uh, and they've got a couple of good contributions. You know, Casey Hayward's had a bounce back a year. You know, Brandon Faison, who they took off the Chargers practice squad. Um, it's really like the Chargers defense over there. But uh, they've played much better defense compared to last year. Um, but I think in this game, uh, it's going to come down to who has the ball last. Uh, it, it's going to be one of those type of games. These teams know each other extremely well. Um, and what Q basically said is, if uh, if the Raiders get the ball with an opportunity to win this game, he really loves their chances. And so that, what that told me is, is the Chargers have to put this game away early and don't let the Raiders, uh, you know, be in that situation where they can come out and, and steal this game. I, like I said, I think the Chargers are more talented, but they have to be focused and they got to stop the run to win this game. That's all there is to it. Fantastic stuff. That is David Drogemeyer. He is co-host of Locked on Chargers. You can find him on Twitter at Drotalk SD. Are you have to change your handle to to Drotalk LA now? How does that work? Because you're still <laughs> no, in San Diego, right? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, no. From San Diego, so I got to keep it, man. But uh, you know, now that it's verified, I can't change it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that's true. You can't change that once that's verified. You don't want to remove the blue check mark. Uh, fantastic stuff, David. You can find him on Locked On Chargers daily. This is a fun game coming up Sunday night, and uh, who knows? Hopefully, it is a home game for those Chargers at SoFi come February, David. Appreciate the time, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. You like any of these lines for the NFL schedule this week? Well, you can find all of the odds, props, and lines at betonline.ag as we head toward the playoffs and the College Bowl season. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Not only football, you've got pro and college hoops. NHL, boxing, UFC, all of your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2022 year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive that bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Matt, week 18, there are varying degrees of importance with a lot of these games. We just heard from David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers about Chargers Raiders, a play-in game Sunday night. We've got to make our official picks really quick for that one. Uh, I will take the Chargers. I'll give up those three points. I think the firepower, I think when they played earlier this year, the Chargers won by 14 points. They won pretty easily in that game. They were able to run on the Raiders. They were able to throw on the Raiders. Three touchdown passes for for, uh, Justin Herbert in that game. And they were actually able to stop the run pretty well with Josh Jacobs, only 13 carries for 40 yards. And that was with a full power a head coach, uh, Henry Ruggs, everybody involved there, Darren Waller, uh, Hunter Renfro, 
everybody was on the field for the Raiders at that point. Um, and I know the Raiders have been chippy and been able to come through some things, but uh, I, I've got to take the Chargers in this one. I feel really good about the Chargers and even better after that conversation. Um, I don't want to discount how well Carr has played this year. I don't think that's gotten enough ink across the, the mm-hmm. country, to be very honest with you, considering the revolving doors they've had at the skill position players. But, you know, I, I think Bosa and James will really be dominant type players, whether Waller plays or not. I really like that Justin Jones stat about you know how their run defense has been noticeably better when he's out there. Chargers seem pretty healthy. And again, that Raiders D just being so cover three, you know, oriented. Uh, I think Herbert's going to know exactly where to go with the football and all his guys that are going to get it are in good shape right now. Yeah. And he's got that arm strength to hit those seams that can pop yep. open and cover three defenses. So, um, and obviously, you know, the secondary is a problem for the for the Raiders anyway so yeah g- give me the Chargers all day in that one but they've let me down multiple times this year so who knows we'll, we'll see what happens and um in the Raiders every time we pick them to lose seem to win a football game right, so it's right. gonna be fun and the division opponents you can throw everything out probably and we'll see w- the way the ball bounces in this one and I like what he said that uh, your boy Q said about that game whoever has the ball last and a chance to win it is gonna win that football game so I hope it goes down that way because that'll be a lot of fun Sunday night to end the regular season we've got Saturday games though Matt let's start with Chiefs at Broncos Saturday. Uh, a couple of matchups Saturday that I think maybe they thought would be better matchups that turned out not to be good matchups Saturday. I don't know because uh, the Broncos are pretty much out of this one. Uh, the Chiefs are playing for seeding, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater done for the year. Uh, I do not like the Broncos' chances in this one, but on the road, favored by 10 points is a lot at mile high for the Chiefs. Yeah, and... Here's here's what the Chiefs have to play for. I mean, they they have a chance to get the number one seed, and they have to the win obviously to get it. And they would obviously clinch the number two if they win as well. So I mean, they have something to play for potential buy, but they need the Titans to lose to Houston. So, but they're going to go all out, I assume, at least for most of the game. But that's the kicker for me in the betting world is. What's the fourth quarter going to look like? Are they going to have the lead? Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey are yucking it up on the sidelines. And, you know, the Denver D is still playing really hard and hard to play against and keep just saying a little bit close in the end. I'm going to say no. I'm going to lay the points. I mean, I just think Kansas City has a lot more to play for. It's been kind of a long, grueling year in Denver, and their offense looks kind of broken, too. I was trying to picture what that would look like, and uh, is, is Chad Henney still the backup in Kansas yeah. City? Is he really? God. I'm almost certain, yeah. That is crazy. How long has that guy been in the, the NFL? Uh, that That is unbelievable. Right when you said that, I was thinking, okay, well, who's the backup in Kansas City? Can't still be Chad Henney, but I guess it is, yeah. He's one of the less than a handful of players that I watched intently in as a high school player Wow, 19 years ago at Pitt. So... <laughs> so He's really old. If I can remember watch, sitting in my desk watching his high school tape, uh, he's an old guy from from the middle of Pittsburgh or middle of Pennsylvania. Oh, middle of Pennsylvania, and you lost him to Michigan. Come on. Well, you probably don't remember the name Anthony Morelli. There were I two, do not. <laughs> okay, there were two stud blue chip quarterbacks in PA that year. Anthony was committed to Pitt, and not to throw him under the bus, he came down and sat in quarterback meeting rooms and realized I can't figure this pro style offense out. So he 
ditched us at the last minute, went to Penn State where Henny was going to go, and then Henny went to Michigan. So we got the short end of the stick there. Oh, wow. As we often did against Penn State and Michigan. In recruiting, <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you. yeah, that's rough. Uh, all right, let's move on to the other, the prime timer on Saturday, which is Cowboys-Eagles. And Matt, uh, speaking of people standing on the sideline, they're not even going to be in the building, I, I think, half of these football teams with the way it's looking right now with the COVID situation. Both these teams already clinched playoff spots. There is maybe some seeding for... Uh, for the Cowboys, but it's really out of the Eagles' hands if they're the sixth or the seventh seed and they've already clinched a playoff spot. So I think we might see a lot of folks sitting in this game, and this this is really one that is not going to be worth the prime time billing, even though Cowboys-Eagles usually is that type of a game. Uh, I, I just don't know how much either one of these teams are going to have to play for. Is this going to be Gardner Minshew playing against the Cowboys twos? Because that's the way it's looking, and uh, we're seeing uh, uh, who I think there was the latest was Micah Parsons. Um, He's on the COVID list. On the COVID he list. He has a yeah. List. Yeah. Uh, there is. Um, Eagles have a lot of them. Tyron Smith. And then the Eagles have a ton, too. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is going to be the second team versus second team, I think. Unfortunately, I'm probably going to answer this dilemma similarly when we preview these games with the point spreads. And people don't take my word as gospel or start throwing your money around. I mean, as you mentioned, BP, I mean, the Cowboys are going to be the two, three, or four seed. The the Eagles are going to be the six or seven. So I'm just going to take the points. And part of it's because <laughs> right. I think Minshew's good. I think Minshew's good enough to keep this within a, a score, especially if the, the Cowboys aren't going to be at full power and he's not going to be right, getting right. rushed by uh, Micah Parsons and you're at home if you're the Eagles. So, yeah, give me the Eagles and those points in this one just because there's so much unknown. Right, right. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of games where there's COVID and, and we're not going to know exactly who's going to be available. It's looking, though, like the Bengals are going to take your advice, Matt. And Joe Burrow is going to sit, I think, in this one for Cincinnati at the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield also going to sit in this one. The latest from this morning is that Baker Mayfield might be unhappy and that maybe he's going to be asked to be traded in the offseason. So to me, I mean, just beyond this actual football game, since both starting quarterbacks aren't going to be playing, most likely, um, uh, did the Browns dodge a bullet by not giving Baker Mayfield a really bad contract based on the way he played? Or in the end, will they regret trading away potentially in the offseason the best quarterback they've had in a while and he was only playing bad because he was injured? That's a really tough one. <laughs> Is my He's played through a million injuries, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. But I didn't like him when he was healthy, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I thought he was you know, we've, we've really had a lot of middling Minnesota type conversations lately about not wanting to be in not the, the middle of the road quarterback situation. And I really think Mayfield on his best day is the definition of that, you know, that he's not super talented. He needs a ton around him. So I think they dodged a bullet without giving, you know, by not giving him a contract yet, but they picked up his fifth year option he can want to trade all he wants, but who's going to give you much for a guaranteed contract that it's pretty big money and then he's a free agent at the end of the year? I, I still think he returns to Cleveland and they throw a second-round pick in the mix or something along those lines. The Browns, you know, Chubb and Garrett have not been 100% lately either. Are they going to play? I'm sure Jamar Chase. I know Burrow. I mean, those guys will probably sit. I I don't know what to make of it. I don't know how you pick this game. 
it's, like it's, a it's, yeah, it's, it's so difficult to get a lot of these games uh, could end up looking more like preseason games. Um, I don't know that I'll just take the points. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's easy it's, way out. You know? Yeah, easy way out. Kind of take the points. Although what I, I what I saw from the Browns' first team that looked like a second team uh, defense oh, man, and offense bad. last week. So maybe I'll take the Bengals with whoever is in at quarterback because I still think they'll have their full complement of wide receivers unless it's a it's a blowout. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean I, I'll take the Bengals just because. Um, I have no idea why. Just give me the base. Yeah, right, right. It's really hard. hard. I, I have no idea. But I, I think, you know, home team, home dog with the points, and uh, the the other teams coming in without their starting quarterback, it's, it's probably not a bad bet either. I mean, it's kind of the Minshew argument, too. I mean, Case Keenum's an NFL quarterback. Right, yeah, and probably better than – to be. and again, thinking about the Bengals, who's their backup quarterback? Is it uh, – Jake? Allen, one of the many Allen oh, okay. backups. Okay, I was in the league. Jake yeah. Browning and Brandon Allen, I think, are, and I don't know what even the the depth chart is there at quarterback. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter because I like Case Keenum better there. And Case Keenum, <laughs> yeah. the, you know what? That's a great point. I'm going to flip that. I'm going with the 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 Browns and give me those points because Case Keenum probably should have been starting and probably would have been better than Baker Mayfield in the last few games with an injured Baker Mayfield anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow. I said that leading up to the Steeler Monday Nighter. Yes. I'm like, boy, I hope they keep putting Mayfield out there. And boy, that rang true. Um, the more I think about it, this sounds like a I should be calling Gamblers Anonymous or something. But I feel like <laughs> if you're going to give the Browns and Eagles points with high end backups, yeah, you know, that 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 in itself might be something kind of appealing at home. Yeah, absolutely. Although the 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 uh, Cowboys at least might play starters for a while in that game to try to get a better Maybe. seed in the NFC, but we already know the Bengals are not going to be playing Joe Burrow. He's right, dealing right. with something, and another quarterback that's dealing with something right now is Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that game next. Packers, Lions, Bears, Vikings. Uh, those starting quarterbacks are going to be out as well. Oh, Matt, this is uh, this is almost a preseason Miserable. week for half of these games, and the other half of these games, these teams are playing for their playoff lives. So uh, we know which games we're going to be tuning into on Sunday. Coming up, we'll finish up uh, some of these early games on the Week 18 schedule next. A real easy way to... Get a little extra cash in your pocket at the end of the day, especially for those folks who are listening to podcasts and driving in their car a lot. Check out the Get Upside app. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. I have the app. It's super easy to use. You open up the app, find out which gas stations are participating near you, claim it, go there, fill up your gas tank as you normally would, then guess what? You get cash back on that fill-up added directly to your account. It's super easy. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app. Earn yourself a little extra cash back when you get gas and use promo code TOUCHDOWN when you do it. Basically, it's going to be up to Aaron Rodgers whether he plays Sunday against the Lions, the 2-13 and Lions. Um have have been a you know a team that's covered a lot 
Green Bay only favored by four points on the road at the Lions in this one, which normally wouldn't be enough, but we don't know. At least I haven't seen anything for sure yet on uh, who's going to be playing quarterback. And look, the Packers have a bye. So I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to sit for two weeks. So this might be a situation where he comes in, plays the first half, then hands it over to Jordan Love if they have a big lead or even if they're losing the game because it really doesn't matter. But uh, I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers wants to be rusty. But you want to you want to rest that toe. You know, he's injured right now. So maybe they'll talk him out of playing. Maybe he'll play a half. I'm not sure really, again, what to think about this football game. The Lions are already sort of a a preseason team just because they're undermanned, even though they play really hard. But four points just doesn't seem like enough, even if Aaron Rodgers plays a half. Yeah, and I would assume Devontae Adams will play every snap Rodgers does and ever and won't play any snap that he doesn't. Yes. You know, so it's going to be all or nothing there. It's an ideal opportunity to get some reps for Jordan Love. So at a minimum, I think he plays a half. I would lean towards having him play the whole game or even treating it like a, a week two preseason game where Rodgers goes out there for a series, gets a little bit of a sweat, throws a touchdown, and then comes off the field and is done and, you know. I'm going to take the Lions at home with points, though. I I just think that they've been in the same mode all year long of we're going to play hard, we're going to play all our top guys, we're trying to build something from the ground up, and in the fourth quarter they're not going to be making golf reservations, you know? A couple of quotes from Aaron Rodgers this week. He called uh, a writer, Hub Arkush, he called him a bum, I think, because... uh, They come back at him. I I, I know LeFleur was, um, you know, kind of like just wagged his finger at him. and was like, what, what, you know, that's that's not smart for him to be saying that kind of thing, which is kind of our take on it uh, about yeah. the, about Rodgers being a jerk and not voting for him for MVP. But uh, the ba- the bigger quote for Rodgers about his future in Green Bay, he said, the grass is greener where you water it. So sort of a, <laughs> okay. like a, a weird hippie introspective. And I know right. Aaron Rodgers, like he seemed like he did a, a lot of traveling and was, uh, you know, in uh, some very remote areas and maybe did some psychedelics. I don't know. But just <laughs> hearing some of his quotes, it just makes me laugh. But really starts to see more and more like maybe Aaron Rodgers will stick with the Packers this offseason. I mean, honestly, if he could just take a step back and I'm sure the course of the year winning a lot of games has allowed him to do that. He's got to realize this is his best opportunity. I mean, if he goes to Denver or wherever, are they going to win 13 games every year? I mean, you uh, just take yeah. the bird in the hand and retire a legend there. Right. He's got a pretty good situation going on right now. Yeah. So uh, maybe he's realizing that right now. Uh, not a good situation for the Bears or the Vikings. Now, Justin Fields as of Thursday, is going on the COVID list for the Bears. So he's not going to be available to play Sunday. And he was scheduled to come back from his ankle injury. So uh, unfortunately, that's going to be the end of a a tumultuous and and not a very good rookie season for Justin Fields. Yeah, unfortunately, you'd like to get one more game of, you know, preparing him for the future and to make it more fun to at least watch him. This was brutal. I mean, I thought Cousins had a chance to play. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I thought they activated him off the COVID list, but maybe you don't play him either way because they have nothing to play for. I wanted to double check really quick about Kirk Cousins. He did return from the COVID list, um, and it looks like, yes, he will end up getting started. It'd be the starting quarterback for, okay. uh, for the Vikings in this one. That was in doubt, and it looks like, yes, he he as of today, he's going to be on the practice field and going to start for the Vikings Sunday. So I guess that's good news for the Vikings. And he said he wanted to stay in Minnesota and end his career 
as a Viking. So we'll see how that goes. They've got some decisions to make in the offseason for the Minnesota Vikings, but really that makes this one very easy. Minnesota favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the Vikings at home to uh, to end the season eight and nine. Disappointing under 500 season, I'm sure, still for the Vikings. Maybe on a good note, you end it. You realize how important Kirk Cousins is and, and maybe some things get mended and, and uh, they, they go that direction there in Minnesota. And for the Bears, I think this is it for Matt Nagy. Yeah, I would assume so. I, I give Zimmer a 50% chance. I give Nagy a 5% chance. Washington at New York Giants. Washington favored this by seven really on too. the road. <laughs> this one's ugly. Well, the Giants have been ugly for a while. I've got some stats about the New York Giants. This is what's been going on with the New York Giants. They're so bad. They have. For the last five years, this one from Warren Sharp. Not at any point, not in any season for the last five years, have the New York Giants had a winning record. Not winning their opener and being 1-0 wow. like the Jaguars. Uh, for five straight seasons, they have not at any point in any season had a winning record. They are the only team in the NFL <laughs> to not have even one week where they are above 500 for the, uh, any of the last five years. Wow. I mean, just think of... I went through that one year in, in Cleveland, but just think of five years in a row of never being in the locker room going, well, you know, we're two and one, things are going okay, you know, you know, we're three and two, you know, we've had a little stretch here, we put a couple wins together, season started tough, or still September in New yeah. York and it's warm out and I'm in a good mood, our season's not over yet, <laughs> you know, like none of those. <laughs> right, even just getting lucky, a little bounce early in the season. Right. Um, the Giants have scored one touchdown in their last 35 offensive possessions. It's remarkable. 35 I mean, offensive possessions in one touchdown. I really think them and the Jags stand alone at the bottom of the league, and you can have an argument of who number 30 is. Right. No, I agree. I, I agree. take Washington. I think the Giants are just shot and terrible. And their quarterbacks would be worse. They can't season. score. They can't score. The no. they they're bad already. They already had two straight seasons with the fewest touchdowns scored in the NFL. But the Michael Glennon Giants have been even worse than the Daniel Jones uh, Giants that at least had somewhat of an opportunity. So yeah, I'm with you. Even though they're on the road, I'll give up those points and I'll take Washington. How could you come out in late December and say we're going to keep our our coach and quarterback? We're not even considered doing anything different. You know we're this is going the right direction. This is getting fixed. I mean, how could you that, say that? You, you Well, first of all, you can't because they aren't they getting rid of their GM, though? Probably. You, is a GM going to walk into that room and say, oh, sure, I'll take this job, and I'm exactly, stuck with right. a coach and a quarterback I don't want? That doesn't make sense. That is just completely kind of like the Jags. I mean, these, right. bat, these, these franchises are so backwards. I don't. It's it's amazing because owners are smart and rich and great businessmen in in some industry, but it's amazing how bad they are at football and how football doesn't translate yeah. to the business world. It, 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 it's it's pretty darn amazing. Um, they outsource so much. I mean, people don't realize this. I don't know what Omar Khan knows or whatever, but they go and they get a committee together to figure out who our coach and GM is. You know, it's or. Some of these guys, and I'm sure the Giants are somewhat to blame, and the Lions have been the situation where you inherit the team from an owner that knew what he was talking about, but that doesn't mean you do. Yeah, you hire some committee that gives you mm -hmm. a list of candidates that you or I could come up with just as good of a list list of candidates for yeah, head right, coaches, right. and then the owner meets with them and has dinner for them with an hour and chooses the guy that he likes the best. Like That's not <laughs> right. a good way to hire people. 
because his buddy recommended them yeah. or, you know, I mean, the NFL provides that service. You know, you can go, you don't call Roger Goodell, but you call the, the league and say, hey, help us find our top guys. If you have to do that, you shouldn't be in charge of a billion dollar yes. organization. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? But the Giants, I don't know they, who to hire to run my organization. Yeah. I'll just ask somebody else. The, 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 and those don't make those reports make zero sense when you report that Dave Gettleman's probably going to be out as GM, but that also you're going to keep the current coach and quarterback. That can't even right. possibly be two reports that make sense together. I, I don't. Right, see it. it's just like the Jags. You know, like oh, I'd, I'd love to inherit Lawrence and you know be in charge of the Jags, but not if this is my GM. Speaking of those Jags, let's finish up here today okay. because they are hosting. I got Washington in the last game, by the way. I got Washington, too. Yeah. Uh, the Jags are hosting the Indianapolis Colts, and a, a lot of teams need the Jaguars to upset the Colts in this game for them to have a chance at the playoffs. The Colts, if they win, they are in against these Jaguars. Uh, you got to feel like the Colts are going to be amped for this one, as bad as the Jaguars have been to be just a speed bump for this team. But maybe do they come out too tight? This game is in Jacksonville. Can the Jaguars play spoiler to a division opponent? The Colts favored by 15 and a half on the road here. Yeah, and my Steelers need to beat the Ravens, and they need the Colts to lose, and then they're in. And the Jags owe me one from week one with our uh, our oh pool the survivor pool yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm going uh, Adam and Eve on a raft here, a cup of mud, and an upset special. Jags win this one by three touch. No, really not. They're gonna get smoked. <laughs> and I, the only thing I'm hearing about here in Pittsburgh is, well, the Colts have lost like six or seven in a row in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's lovely, but I don't just hand it to Jonathan Taylor every time, and you'll win. Right. Yeah, uh, this is uh, a Jonathan Taylor special. 29 carries for 147 yards. Yeah, and Naheem Hines will have 60 as well. <laughs> right, exactly. And look, uh, it's, it's possible. The ball bounce is funny. Uh, the, the There's a lot of parity in this league. I think the 15 and a half points, maybe I would take the Jaguars just because the points are so maybe. huge. Um, but you got to pick the Colts straight up in this one, and, and they should boat race the Jaguars, absolutely. And if they don't, maybe they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Right. I don't think it'll be competitive, but 15 and a half might make me think the Jags get a late one or something. You mentioned uh, the Survivor Pool there, and uh, congratulations again to the winner of the Survivor Pool. Our friends at Run Your Pool sent him a jersey of his choice. And actually, nice. what's funny is, and I haven't checked that in a while, but he was still going. Week 12 is when uh, most of the other teams ended in our Survivor Pool. In week 15, he was still alive. So he went multiple weeks beyond the rest of the pool with his pick. So that was, uh, in fact, let me look it up and just see if he's still going. Maybe he's got the streak going all year long. Uh, I'm sure it's been done, but, I mean, could you imagine going 17, 18, or 18 weeks in a row and not Uh, missing? Elation 4009 was the winner of our survivor pool, and the streak did end in week 15. For everybody else, it it ended in week 12. Wow. Yeah. Some of us, it was week one. That is right, really yeah. good. <laughs> so he went, <laughs> he went 14 weeks more than Matt Williamson uh, in the <laughs> See, Survivor Pool. Maybe we should switch jobs. Uh, and I do want to shout out the winner. Uh, we, we were supposed to do this earlier in the week, and, and we didn't have time. We sort of uh, um, forgot about it. But the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy League, we've got to shout oh, out right. the winner, Gary, there, who defeated Joshua, who was the Jerry Rice of question askers in the final. So congratulations, Gary, on winning 
the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League. Matt, you and I actually ended up in the consolation bracket, and you defeated me in the very last week of uh, the the consolation playoff. So congratulations on that win. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> a, a, a massive accomplishment by Team Williamson there, yeah. Uh, yeah, you and you and I were the seven and eight seed and did not make the playoffs uh, in our own fantasy football league. Shame on us. We've got to do better next year. But congrats to Gary on being the winner. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for uh, making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out Locked On 49ers featuring myself. Check out Locked On Dynasty Football featuring Matt Williamson. Check out Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. Check out Locked On Bets, all the sports betting world with your boy Q. And Matt and I will be back tomorrow making picks and previewing the rest of the Week 18 finale schedule right here, Peacock and Williamson.